We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast, the mailbag edition. Apparently, we are the mailbag team now, and uh, we're digging it. So, I'm Steve Furhatch, joined as always, Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. How are we doing, guys? Doing good. Ready to answer some questions. Yeah, we got some great stuff to talk about today, so let's just get to it. Yeah, we appreciate it. We uh, put out some feelers for questions, and you guys definitely did not disappoint, um, as always, on Twitter. So, uh, even before we get going right into that, uh, as much as there's bad things going on in the world today, just a little positive Packers news to start your day. Mason's Cro- Mason Crosby's wife, Molly, has been given the all clear from lung cancer. So just a, you know, just a nice thing to start the, the podcast off mm-hmm. with. It's always good, good news when that kind of thing happens. So with that, we're going to jump right into all of your questions because we have a bunch First one from a, at uh, the Prophet Elijah. Elijah Rob wants to know who wins in a cage match between AJ Dillon and a prime Eddie Lacy. Dusty, I'm gonna start with you because I know we're gonna fight about this. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of it is we haven't seen a whole lot of Dillon, uh, and part of it is I just love Eddie Lacy. Uh, Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy had feet for a big man, just really, really good feet, really quick, big guy. I feel like it's Eddie Lacy. Um, I'm not going to say it's not particularly close because, again, I haven't seen Dylan. But, I, I mean, I'm picking Lacy, and I have absolutely positively zero regrets on this. I would make money off of that fight. 
Interesting. Sarah? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to side with Dusty on this one. Just because I don't know enough about Dylan yet. I think he has potential to be like a primetime Eddie Lacy, but I don't really know yet because I haven't the seen The question him. is who would win in a cage match, not who's going to be a better running back. It's Eddie yeah, Lacy. Well, I'm saying like oh, come on. when Eddie Lacy was in his prime, it would be Eddie Lacy. So I'm not quite sure if Dylan can get there. Because I just don't know. So I have to go with what I know. Good Lord, guys. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed Eddie Lacy. He was a good running back, a good value as a second-round dude. But when you're putting him in a cage match, really? That's the guy that you want in a cage match yeah. to go fight somebody? Yeah. Yeah, that's Unless right. Unless he's hiding his Chinese food from him, he's not going to win that fight. Listen, all I'm going to say is if he has a good manager, good managers know how to motivate people, and he would be motivated to win that fight if they were like, hey, guess what you get is an all-you-can-eat buffet for three straight weeks. You're like, okay, cool. Just give him the proper motivation. And he's – I make that joke. I, I hate those jokes. I love Eddie Lacy. I think Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy absolutely beats Dylan. I love Eddie Lacy, too. Eddie Lacy absolutely beats Dylan. he's not a cage match fighter. Yes. Well, he, he will be. Dylan just looks like a beast. Like, he is cut, and he is, like, he's a strong, strong-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy was a, he was a big dude. Also a strong man. I feel like you forget what Eddie Lacy looked like on the field. Oh, I remember what Eddie Lacy looked like. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. I remember, like, falling Moving on. In. Wait, is that the, I, no, are you talking about the ESPN body magazine? Is that what you're talking about? Is that the body issue, Steve? I like how it literally only took us one question <laughs> to all argue one question see this is the problem was last week i felt it was we were all too happy to get back together and and talk there was not a lot of arguing and you know i felt like i hadn't called both of you guys dumbasses for a long time so you know it only took one question so thank you elijah i appreciate that (laughs) uh next up we're gonna go to uh at baked robot okay i can roll with that uh, would it be possible for you guys to take a little time to discuss a trip to Lambo, what it's like, what you have to do, and what you enjoyed the most? Um, either of you guys have anything that's popping off right away that you want to talk about? Go ahead, I mean, sir. I think you have to do the stadium tour. If you're there, mm-hmm. definitely do the stadium tour because it's just awesome to see behind the scenes and everything that goes on. You get to go down on the field for a little bit. And for me, especially someone who's been a Packer fan their whole life, but they haven't lived in Wisconsin, I felt like I kind of got to understand the culture of the town and just everyone there um, just by doing the stadium tour. And you get really um, like awesome views from different angles, whether you're right on the field, um, if you're down in the tunnel, or they take you up to the very top where the big G is. So there's a lot to see there. And there's also a lot of knowledge that I didn't know that I learned just about the history of the Packers and things like that. So that's definitely a must see and must thing to do when you're there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I've only done it once, and it was not during a game week or anything. Um, just being able to go down on the field like was worth it for that. Like that was that was something else. Um, we we've been up, you know, a handful of times. We've gone, I think, uh, the past few years at least at least once. Uh, and my go to, we, we kind of have a, a thing we fall into at this point. Try to go up if you can. Try to go up the day before a game. During game day, the area around there is just so insane. It's just hard to do much. But if you can go the day before the game, um, you know, head over to Kroll's, get yourself a butter burger, uh, do the do the, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame's insane. Um, mm-hmm. They redid that a few years back. Uh, it's two levels. There's just so much history there. I love. They've got the like a they've got a recreation of Vince Lombardi's office, and they also have. Um, uh, parts of the ice bowl playing up on like a kind of like a small theater screen 
with bench seating and they have statues of people there and one guy looks like he's blowing smoke out of his mouth because it's so cold uh like just little touches like that i just absolutely love uh so i've got a thousand different things but um but if if you can go the day before hit that stuff up and then on game day man just walk around the tailgate stuff man just talk to people if you can but just that experience just being around that is just just absolutely amazing Actually, Dusty just kind of stole mine. We did not discuss this one beforehand. <laughs> mine was going to be to make sure that as much as you want to have your own tailgate, it's so much fun to just go walk around with a beer and get offered burgers, get offered mm-hmm. brats, tell people to come over, tell you to come over and sit and talk with them, and they just want to hear about why you're there and why you like the Packers. Like, it's such an unbelievably like welcoming community that it's just it, it's amazing. And then I would say the other thing is you know, that first time that you get to walk into the stadium, like you're walking through the tunnel and you walk out and you see everybody like jumping around and having a good time and you see the grass and it's, it's even cooler to see it the first time. So um, anytime you can do that, we definitely highly suggest that you can. So next up, we've got Glenn Hintz, favorite place to watch a game, not including your house or the stadium in which the game is being played. I'm going to cheat a little bit. So we used to have a local sports bar we used to like going to, and then it changed ownership a couple times. And it's just, we've been hopping a little bit, trying to find a place. Uh, we've been going to my friend's house. Uh, I got a friend that lives about 20 minutes from me. He's got a, uh, he's got an insane deck, like a, a covered deck. And he just brings a TV out there. So you just sit around and watch the game there, which is amazing. If it's cold, everyone just snuggles up under blankets. And then to top it off, he's got one of the best bourbon collections I've ever seen. And he'll just like pour us tasters. So he's like, hey, here's this. Uh, that's where I had like the Weller Foolproof and the uh, Blanton's from the Barrel. Uh, so that's you know, that's good. I enjoy that. That but doesn't just, hurt. That doesn't that hurt. Doesn't hurt. But just sitting around on his deck, uh, just just watching football. I love you know when I go to the game, I love the experience. I love all the people there cheering. I love all that. But if we're just watching the game, I just want like me, and it's usually like me and two of my brothers and, and a good friend of ours that we go to the house. I just I like that experience. I like experiencing those games like just in a smaller group. So uh, that's that's gonna be my answer. It's not my friends, not my house, but another person's house. <laughs> Sarah. There is, in my hometown where my parents live about an hour away from Orlando, they, uh, this season, they started going to this Packers bar where it was like a group of people would meet up, um, like the owner of this outside patio that was all screened in in the shade. So that's super nice in Florida when it's super hot out. Um, They would set up TVs and then they would cook uh, burgers and hot dogs. And uh, like when you show up, you put in your order if you want anything with your name and they'll bring it out to you like first or second quarter of the game but just it was really cool i went a few times with them they they told me like hey we started going like you should come home when you can and we could all go together and it honestly turned into one of my favorite places to watch (laughs) the games because it was just so much fun being with other people because typically i'd always only the only people that were packers fans that i'd watch the game with are my parents and then my brother and my boyfriend so that was it so being with people that you didn't know and everyone's high-fiving and it, it was like a mini uh, it, it's a watch party per se. So it was kind of fun to, in a nice way to meet new people, hear their stories, why they became Packers fans. Cause I think the Packers fan base is so widespread. So it's really interesting to hear about how everyone got involved with the team, whether they were from there or their family. So I would definitely say that that uh, Packers watch party patio bar is one of my favorite places to go to. 
Uh, I've got one at, uh, when I was living in Chicago. Basically, very similar to Sarah, but there is a Wisconsin bar down there called Wills Northwoods. And it's like walking into like any type any type of bar in Wisconsin. It's it's just outstanding. First time I went to go uh, uh, like when we were in when we were in Chicago, we did not have cable. Uh, you know, both she was in my wife was in college. We were just living on the cheap, and so I was like, well, I'm gonna go to this bar to watch the Packer game. And I was, you know, anticipating I got there at 11:45 for a noon kick. And I was like, <laughs> it should be fine. It'll be fine. Like I'm gonna be able to find a spot. It won't be a big deal. I walked in and it was packed. Like legitimately, there was not a spot at the bar. There was not a spot in the back area. There was not a spot in the patio. I had to stand the whole time. And I mean, I had a blast because everybody is there cheering. Um, I ended up going back several times that year. I remember watching that. Uh, it was a Packers 49ers game. I think that one where Donald Driver was trucking dudes left and right. Yep. Um, I remember watching that game there. It's just, uh, you know, they're always off in sp- offering specials they've got lineys on tap uh all sorts of good stuff just screaming wisconsin uh, wisconsin (laughs) bar so that one was a lot of fun next up we've got uh carl schmidt wants to know on a scale of one to infinite dumbassery what do you think about the quote they gonna trade aaron Rodgers people jesse i think we're just gonna let you take off with this one yeah i mean um Listen, I love Aaron Rodgers. We really the only thing I'm going to talk about here because it's I don't know anything about trade stuff. Rodgers hasn't spoken publicly. Who knows? I don't want to speculate. What I will say is that over on Packer Report, I think it was today. I think it was today. Um, yeah, it was today. It was today. Our patriarch, 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 uh, the great uh, Andy Herman. Uh, wrote a piece about if the Packers were going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Basically, when would the timing make sense? All we've heard so far has been this, you know, his cap hit is too large, all of the stuff that kind of goes into it. So Andy broke down, and he, I think he started prefacing it like yesterday. And he was basically like, hey, I'm going to be dropping something. Probably the comments are going to be terrible, but it's been on my mind. And so, I mean, if you, you know, the the title or the the concept of the article itself, it does seem kind of clickbaity. But I thought he did such a great job saying, like, if this were to happen, and if it happened, I think it was after the 2021 season. Was it after or before? I can't remember when it was. Um, his cap hit is still bad, but the Packers saved this amount of money. And then he, he talks about the cap implications and what could possibly happen then in terms of signing free agents there. So I thought as far as like an article looking at um, what when the timing would make sense and why it would make sense. And he had, I think it was a list of like three contingencies of what would have to happen. Um to, to, to line up to make that make sense was really good. It was really well laid out. It was really well researched. It was really well written. Like, I thought that was tremendous because the vast majority of the stuff I've seen and the stuff everyone's seen has just been dumb stuff. Like, they should trade him because of Jordan Love or they shouldn't trade him because of Jordan Love. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like relatively uninformed and just hot taking and just saying something to say it. But the, the article by Andy over at Pack Report, if you haven't read it yet, um, please do so. Uh, I thought just tremendously well written and the thought process of the whole thing and the timing of it was amazing. Um, so that was uh, just really, really good. Yeah, that was pretty much what we wanted. We wanted to take that question and use that as a, a little bit of a launching point to to highlight what Andy wrote today. Because, I mean, he he went into great detail, and you could tell like it pained him to actually write it from mm-hmm. from reading it. But it was just a smart look into a situation that could play out. So, mm-hmm. um, overall, yeah, it was a great great report. Um, next one we've got from the Mike. If you could undo one career-ending injury. 
who would you choose, Sterling Sharp or Nick Collins? Sarah, do you know who both of those people are? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, who would you choose? Uh, I think Sterling Sharp, just because there's so much what if there with Brett Favre and everything, and what could have happened if they, you know, played together longer and everything like that. It's just, I mean, it's just hard to think about, and I, I hate. I hated even choosing because I think it's so unfair when there's injuries like that with players with that much potential and that much skill. But if I had to go one way, it would be him. I was, I, I had a really hard time with this. Uh, damn you, Mike. Um, I think the Sterling Sharp one is really interesting just because he was so good. And just that, uh, what Favre, what Favre and him could have done together with what some of that receiving core ended up doing. Uh, I think they realistically win at least two Super Bowls. I think if they stay together, there was also talk that that Sharp may have been unhappy with some of the Favre stuff. So you you never really know. So I kind of want to lean Sharp, but at the same time, I think I'm going to go Nick Collins. And and part of the reason for that is um, Collins was set up to be just I think a I mean and I think Sharp was a Hall of Famer. I think Collins was lining up to if not a Hall of Famer at least edge of Hall of Fame safety. I think his career trajectory was was going to be incredible. And beyond that, I feel like what he brought to that defense, the fact they lost him and they you know he had not been around that long. I think that set the defense back a little. So I think even you can trace um, maybe the Haha Clinton Dix pick to. Uh, to the Nick Collins loss because they thought this they, they didn't have a contingency plan for that safety locked up and so you've got this now you've lost your franchise safety basically and they just and the defense suffered and suffered and so maybe they take a safety a little higher in that draft than they would have otherwise so it's to me that's like the sharp thing is a what if in terms of what that offense looks like the Nick Collins thing is a what if in terms of the defense tanked not long after that I mean that season that defense was terrible I don't know if Collins is the one that man that makes that difference, but I think uh, for the defense for like the next like three to five years, just really set them back in a way uh, in a way that was really hard to recover from. So I think it's real close, but tonight I'm feeling Nick Collins. Yeah, actually, I agree with you, Dusty. I was kind of looking at how would it affect like Super Bowl victories and things like that, yeah. and I was kind of playing out some of the scenarios about what what all happened, and all my head immediately just went to. Seattle and that game mm-hmm. uh, and the NFC championship game. And I think yep. it completely plays out differently. Uh, and that's why I wanted to go with Nick Collins. Like, I think that gets them another Super Bowl potentially two in this time frame. Yeah. And uh, that's why, I, I mean, Sterling Sharp very well could have been getting them a, a super, another Super Bowl, um, especially against um, Denver. But to me, Nick Collins stands out as like, that would have solidified that defense. And he, like, he was the captain. He was the man. He knew where everybody was supposed to be. And when you lose that, like you said, that just, that just sets you back. So, and we, everybody saw it. So. Well, beyond that, just the receiving core, you think the receiving core without short sharp. I mean, they, they did have some pieces there and they brought in a guy like Ryzen for that Super Bowl year. And so they had, they still had, you just, you have more receivers. They had, they had talent at receivers, even without, even without sharp after a little bit. And Collins are just, the cupboard was kind of bare there, I think. Next up, we've got William Ledford wants to uh, know Dusty versus Steve versus Sarah in a chug off. <laughs> Who is winning? And uh, William, my friend, I got to tell you, the answer is none of us, unfortunately. We know um, Sarah loses. Yeah, I lose. That, that was my immediate reaction to the question when you brought this up. I said, well, I can tell you who's going to lose, and that's going to be me. So <laughs> so then it turned into me versus Dusty, and Dusty said he's not very good at chugging. 
Or has never even tried, right? Yeah, I, uh, I I went to a small Christian college for two years and then got married at the age of twenty, and so I didn't I didn't really have like hard partying days. Uh, so when I actually you know finally really started drinking, it was uh, I'm gonna sip this beer on a porch. I wasn't like <laughs> chugging stuff at parties. So uh, that that time in my life had passed by the time I I had even really considered it. I think. So I guess by default, technically, I would win because I guess I, from Dusty's description, I can definitely chug a little bit better than that, I would say. Probably. But it is, it's pretty pathetic for me. Like, I would be on the Aaron Rodgers side of chugging, not the David Bakhtiari side. Of chugging. <laughs> uh, so I <laughs> appreciate that one. That was a fun question. Uh, next up, we've got Sean Franken uh, wants to know what the top five quarantine playlist of Packers games to watch to pass the time would be there's so many good ones man um that's a great question it okay. is very very good question my uh so i i think i think we've all kind of got recent games i know my thought process behind it was i think game pass is still free but game pass uh unless you're looking at super bowls only goes back to the i think 09 season so it's hard to watch some other ones one of my big ones is the 96 nfc championship game with the panthers because that game's insane but as far as ones you can watch my number one number one on game pass Week 12, 2016 season against the Eagles. Uh, this was the start of Run the Table. Uh, the Packers were 4-6. and six. They had uh, the, the Eagles had the number one pass defense in the league by Football Outsiders DVOA, and Rodgers just absolutely shredded them. And that's what started them on their, their Run the Table run. So that's one I've gone back. To, I've written about that game multiple times. I've gone back and watched that multiple times. Uh, week 12 of the uh, 2016 season. It's just, just an all-timer for me. Sarah, what's one of yours? Yeah, uh, one of mine was... 2013, week 17, I'm sure some of you just from hearing those words know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, Rogers first game back from his uh, first collarbone injury. Randall Cobb's first game back from breaking his leg earlier in the season, and they connect on fourth down to squash the Bears, uh, put the dagger <laughs> in the chest. And, I mean, that was just so, so, so awesome. And it's one of those moments where you just look – where I look back and I'm sure a lot of people look back and you're just like, damn, like that was so freaking cool. And I think it was just like, was kind of the start of this Rogers being clutch in some of these moments, because I feel like, or not even the start, but it was just another prime example of him doing that. And I mean, that game was crazy. It's against the bears. And anytime we play, there's always just so much going on there. And I don't know. That's one of the games where I always just think back on quite often. It's had that coon block of peppers, just one of the just a yeah. tremendous block on that play. I can hear the the call like <laughs> Oh yeah. Touchdown. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like every time I can hear it. I still think one of my favorite memories from that is somebody created a Tecmo Super Bowl um recreation of that play. <laughs> and so it's it's identical like you see peppers coming in you see coon make like edging the block you see Ra- rogers roll out chris then, conti just sitting there for no reason seven yards mm-hmm, deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. but they have the uh the buck aikman call with it as That's well awesome it's freaking outstanding i love like i had it as i for like i i it was saved in my phone for the, the longest time i loved it <laughs> uh for me i would say one of the ones i love watching is a 2010 Eagles wild card game uh, in Philly that started the the run to the Super Bowl because 
I mean, Rodgers was on point that first half. Like he was throwing darts, and that game should have been a just cakewalk if if uh, James Jones catches yeah. that ball at the end of the first half and walks into the end zone. But then all of a sudden, like the second half is just them coming back, them coming back, them coming back, and just tightrope walking their way. And then Tremont ending it with a with that pick in the end zone is just oh, that was so cool. So who's the, that was who's, the, the who's the shoestring tackle on Deshaun Jackson? Was that uh, Desmond Bishop had that tackle? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That was game uh, saver, man. If he, yeah, if he doesn't get that, then he is just gone for like forty yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dusty. Okay, so we're gonna each do two. So Dusty, what's another one you like? Um, man, I've waffled on this one a little bit. Uh, I think it's an obvious one, but it's I think one of the games I've watched more than any other game is uh is twenty ten. I feel like we're going we're going heavy twenty ten, and it's the uh, divisional round game against the Falcons. That game, uh, not only is it uh, one of the best quarterback games i've ever seen in my entire life uh, that also had the tremont williams pick six to end the half which is uh, an all-time packers moment for me just you see that coming from my way i mean you, i watched watched that countless times and up until that point it's still so close and you get this you had like the uh what was it? the the falcons went down and scored and then the packers they hit the jennings on third and there's the fumble and the it's it's it all just it's snowballing so early uh the kick and then return the kick return like there's just this it it just ends up being a blowout when you watch like that first quarter and you don't know how it ends up being a blowout. Um, almost the same thing for was that the snow globe game like the 07 Seattle game, kind of the same thing. You you watch that first quarter and you're like, how do the Packers win this? Let alone win by like 20 points. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that Falcons 2010 game, um, just an all time win. The next one on my list was the 2010 NFC Championship game where. Raji just took that one to the house. That was I, I just that I think that image is just ingrained in my mind. But um, that was just obviously another step to the Super Bowl and an iconic moment that plays in my head. And I just remember watching that game with my dad as a kid. And my dad just was sitting sitting in his recliner like he always does during every Packers game. And he was just sitting there and he's kind of rocking back and forth. And then he's like. Is that Raji? Raji, Raji. He just like slowly gets up out of his seat and he's like, he's going to take it up to the house. And he's freaking out. And it was just his reaction, I think, made the moment 10 times better for me. And as a kid, when you see your parent get really excited, you get super excited and you're just like, yay. So that in itself was enough to make it memorable for me. Memorable for me. But the game itself was, again, just another game, another like one in that incredible run that they had. And I'm hoping that we can see another run like that soon. I still love to. I've got the uh, the DVD of that entire 2010 season, mm-hmm. and they've got when he did the the refrigerator where he was a fullback, <laughs> yeah. and then he's calling himself the freezer I'm after the freezer baby, <laughs> freezer baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was still one of my all time favorites. Uh, and then I think we'll end it with the uh, the Texans in 2014, and that was the relax game where he just was a bad man uh, and was just dropping touchdowns, like things that that shouldn't be physically possible with the football that Aaron Rodgers was doing. And uh, that one was just fun to watch. And then, I, I mean, for me, I always love the snarkiness after the game of like everybody says outside of Green Bay, the sky is falling. What do you say? And he spells out relax. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I love Aaron Rodgers so much. He's so amazing. <laughs> So I, I I can always get on board with snarkiness, you know, especially you know drinking a 
a great crush after beating the Vikings. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, those, those things are always going to be winners for me. So that would be our top six Packers games to watch uh, during a quarantine. Next up, we got Seth uh, wants to know what's one thing that's always said about a player that annoys you. For example, whenever a broadcaster says, "Did you know Jimmy Graham played basketball?" But very true, said quite often. Uh, Sarah, what was one of the ones you had? Um, I think like with Tom Brady, just following it up with his age all the time, like that's incredible because he's 42, 41, 40 years old. That, <laughs> that I'm always like, we get it. We, we got it. We know Tom Brady's great and we know he's old. Like, yes, we know. And then another thing with Jimmy Graham, this actually just came to mind is they're always like, did you know he had his pilot's license? I feel like <laughs> that's another one that they always throw in there where I'm like, Yes, we know, because you say it every single time. <laughs> he flew his plane to practice, Sarah. Did you, yeah. did you hear this story? He threw, threw, flew it to practice. Uh, mine mine is, and this was the, the first one to come to mind, is just, uh, hey, do you guys know, um, all right, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Did you, did you know that? <laughs> I know. I know. It's insane. And he plays football. And he went to Harvard. So uh, dumb. Uh, I think for me, uh, I'll, I'll piggyback off of Sarah and do Tom Brady and say, anytime he plays, I'm like, oh, Tom Brady, the best six-round pick ever to exist. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, we get it. We get it. He come from Michigan. He was in the sixth round. We all got it. Um, I'm going to piggy. I'm actually going to add a couple of these to these. These aren't going to be football ones, but they're just ones that annoy me in general. Uh, so I'm going to go, you know, old man yelling on my lawn type of stuff. But anytime anybody says living my best life, nope, 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 hate it. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. And then um, now I'm going to blank on the second one because I'm uh, an will, old man. I will say I've actually said that to you. I've said living I know, my best life before to just to see your face. And I your face does get like on this pad. <laughs> So I would remember to say it later in this episode. Yeah, just at some point, say it when he's not expecting it, Sarah. Because you just his face—you can tell, you can tell that he knows that you're like making fun of him. But his face just like seizes up for a second. It's tremendous. Okay, I did remember the other one now. It's all the people on the on uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever that call themselves like I'm a dog mom or I have fur babies. Fur babies, yeah. Oh my god, that gets to me every time. It gets me every damn time. You know what I can't do with my children? I can't put them in a cage and leave the freaking house for eight hours and then come back. Like it's not the same damn thing. I get it. You love my, I love my dog. I do. I love my dog. He's awesome. But I can also leave him in the house for eight hours and then come back home. So end of my old man rant. Let's move on. That was an old man rant. Kind of was. Uh, all right, we've got. Joshua wants to know the happiest moment and most heartbreaking moment that's a non-playoffs on or off the field. Uh, Dusty, let's start with you. So I'll go. My uh, my happiest is actually it's not a Packers game, but it's Packers related. And this was the first one to spring to mind. It was uh, 2003. It was Josh McCown and Nate Poole. Uh, Cardinals upsetting the Vikings on the last play as the time expired in uh, in week 17 that knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs and put the Packers in. Um, 
That one that game actually, uh, and that one I think the force out rule ended up coming back uh, the next year because Poole only had one foot down, but he was forced out, and there's no replay, and they said uh, they said it's a touchdown because they did not have the force out rule at that point. So that like that play, I've watched that play a thousand times. Just McCown rolling right, escaping rolling right, and just throwing a dart in the corner of the end zone to Poole who catches up one foot before getting shoved out. It's a tremendous play. I think Poole got the key to the city for that. I think Green Bay gave him the key to the city for that. If I'm not mistaken. Um, that's again Packers related not a Packers game that's an all-timer for me I love that and then most heartbreaking was just um Rodgers breaking his collarbone in in 2017 they they were coming off the 2016 season uh you know I had such high hopes after that year they're looking amazing Packers started out four and one that year and then Rodgers breaks his collarbone and they finish the season seven and nine he came back for that Panthers game wasn't quite right uh, and they just shut him down but that that was just I had such high hopes coming into that season just based on how they looked and that that just broke my heart. So those are those are my two. Yeah, I'll go heartbreaking first because mine's actually the same as Dusty's, but for different reasons because, and I've talked about it on this podcast plenty of times, but um, I was, and I did, but I had a trip planned to go to Green Bay for the first time uh, that week after Rodgers broke his collarbone. So that was, that was just sucky all around sucky as a fan sucky as someone who had planned a trip to go up there so that was definitely one that was a gut punch for me um as far as happy i kind of did too because i was stuck a little but um miracle in motown has got to be one Mm -hmm. and i mean that was just fantastic um and just one of those things that I will always, always, always remember exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing when I saw that happen. And then um, going back to a more personal experience again, when uh, week one, when Rodgers came back against the Bears and he uh, threw that pass to Cobb over the middle and Cobb just took it all the way, um, just being there in person, seeing that, that was literally one of the happiest times (laughs) of my life just because it was so exciting and emotional and the whole thing and um i was on like three hours of sleep so i was emotional from not sleeping and then rogers potentially being hurt but so those two would definitely be my happiest that are non-playoff moments all right i i'm gonna go for happy uh i was actually at the packers patriots game um when and I still think one of my favorite memories was when Jordy took the touchdown yep. against Darrell Revis and took it to the house. I was uh, at that game too, Steve. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I remember knowing that. But yeah. uh, that was still one of my favorite things. Like I was there with my dad, and that game was just like pure and utter tension the whole time. Like uh, just it was just back and forth, back and forth. And just seeing Rodgers convert that final third down to, to ice the game was just awesome. Like I remember the whole place going insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also remember seeing a guy about three rows away from me that had an Aaron Hernandez jersey on, which I found quite <laughs> humorous at the time. Um, so that was that was a, a really good memory, a lot of fun, a really fun game to be at. As far as the heartbreaking moment, uh, I'm it's in everybody's mind right now because it's been talked about a lot. But the fail Mary game. I was living out in Chicago and I was listening, coming back from broadcasting school, listening to the radio, and uh, I was in Chicago, so I was getting sketchy reception from AM six twenty and hearing Wayne Larravee. But all I remember is like the confusion of the play and him trying to t- 
tell us, tell the listeners what was going on? He's like, there's no way they're going to call this a touchdown. They can't call this a touchdown. And just a couple seconds of silence, he goes, unbelievable. They called it a touchdown. It's like, I can't believe this. And I just remember being so pissed and going home and like logging into ESPN and finding the highlights and be like, how the mother effing way did they call that a touchdown? <laughs> what is happening in the real world that, uh, that that goes on? I mean, and that had so many implications where it screwed the Packers out of a better playoff seed, uh, all that kind of stuff. So for me, that was probably one of the most heartbreaking moments as a Packers fan. Final question. Uh, we'll end it. Our buddy Sandro um, <laughs> wants to know if we think that Coach LaFleur will be playing pickup games again once everyone's <laughs> back in Green Bay. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? I think he's going to play. I think he's going to err on the side of caution. I think he's going to be really careful about what he does. But I think he's just too competitive to not play, and he knows that the guys will mess with him if he doesn't. And I, I think we might see him out there. He'll, he'll, be being, he'll be cautious, but he'll be out there. I say just get him out there and go balls of the wall, man. Like he looked pretty good on that cart, you know. Just just go for <laughs> it, man. Just do it. It's like he's not gonna get the same injury twice. Yeah, I'm with Sarah. I think I think he's gonna do it. I think he's he seemed like he loved it too much. They were having too much fun. I I, I think he'll do it, but I don't know. Maybe three quarters speed, you know. Just uh, they're playing knockout. Maybe just just spot up from three, you know. Just just spot up from three and just be that dude and just just play your game between the three point lines, man. That's all you need to do. Oh, I think he's going full force nonstop. I mean, he's all gas, no effing break. Like, are you kidding me? Once he's healed up, man, he's going to be taking, trying to take it to everybody on the court. So I think that's uh, the type of person he is. He's just very competitive and wants to win. And I think that's what you want in a head coach. So I wouldn't anticipate anything else from the uh, the basketball court. So that kind of wraps up the uh, the mailbag. Thank you guys so much for all the input. We We love doing it. Um, we do now have something booked for next week where we kind of figured out exactly how we want to, what we're going to talk about. And it won't be a mailbag surprise, surprise. So we're going to be looking into like an all time Packers team kind of by position group, I believe is kind mm-hmm. of what we had talked about, uh, from one of our, one of our people who sent that in. It was just, it was too much for one question for a mailbag. So we're going to dedicate a, an episode to it. And, uh, Dusty and Sarah and I have been talking that there might be a, uniform episode coming in uh, the next couple of weeks Which, if we've yeah we're just from me from me <laughs> if nothing else if there's no news coming out for the week because as you guys can tell there's not a lot going on in the nfl world right now so we're uh, always looking for good ideas of things to talk about so with that we'll move on to some closing thoughts sarah do you have anything today yes i have been thinking and i <laughs> I just hope that everyone out there is living their best life. <laughs> she tried so hard, Steve. Dude, that was awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was so bad. You couldn't work it, it you couldn't work it in organically. You had to just No, this is my closing thought. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do it because I just started laughing at how corny it was. But um no, I'm kidding. That's not my final thought. Um uh, my final thought is kind of about it kind of ties into Andy's um article that he put out, uh, which would be yesterday when you're listening to this. And I think something really important right now for things like that is definitely to read every, like read it through. I know a lot of people saw like the headline and they got really pissed and they would 
they were commenting right away at Andy, like, what do you mean? Why did you write this? But when you read through what he was saying, I think it made a lot of sense. And I think that's a good lesson for like any kind of piece in the off season is like definitely give it a read because there is some things that like can be uh, clickbaity or that people will try to, you know, twist things in a headline and make it seem one way, like definitely like do your research and read things and it will go a long way. I know that's something I've been trying to get in a better habit of um, this off season in particular, um, especially around some of the draft stuff um, and just going in and like reading really thoroughly and making sure I'm like understanding what it's about and not just what the headline or what the comments or what people took away from it, but what uh, that person was actually trying to say. So that was just, some, that's my final thought. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at this. Andy, like about half an hour ago, uh, took a video of all of the comments from Facebook <laughs> the, from his article. And oh my God, it's so bad, but it's so funny. You should yeah, check it out. It's pretty funny. But I guarantee you like 90% of those people just saw it in passing oh. scrolling and they didn't yeah. actually read it. And that's absolutely something you're right. You you're absolutely to. right. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, it just, it just was pretty funny. The last one was uh, Stephen A. Smith that said, stay off the weed. <laughs> Always a classic. That's a good one. Never, never ages. Never uh, ages. Dusty, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've got, um, you know, still kind of writing. I actually had earlier this week. What's, what's this coming out? Wednesday. So on Monday, I had my final piece over on Packer Report go up on Jay Sternberger. I had a, a three-article look at kind of what he did over the last three weeks of the season uh, and kind of looking at different alignments. So part three on Monday was looking at kind of how he did the good and the bad from his uh, alignment at fullback. So that was interesting. That was good. Kind of a look at, uh, and, and now, you know, with uh, Degora, uh, he probably won't be lining up uh, back there too much. I can't imagine Sternberger will. But if they will, it's just kind of a look at, at how they could use him and how he kind of looked back there. So uh, that was kind of a fun look um, and gets me pretty hyped for what he's going to do this next year. Uh, and then uh, I also have today over on Cheesehead, I've got my normal kind of walking through the season up to the Washington game, uh, which is exactly as ugly as I remembered it kind of jump out quick and then just hold on. But there was also the huge sequence uh, late in the game where the Packers, I think it was like third and 12 or something backed up on their own seven. And they run this fade smash with uh, Jones out of the slot and just a tremendous throw from Aaron Rodgers that kind of kept them going and ended up with points that ended up being the difference. So I kind of got to break down that and talk about some little context around that. I think I broke down three or four plays from that game. So uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when that series is over. Cause it's, it's uh, the end is fast approaching and I've got nothing. <laughs> There's no other games to write about, so i got to figure something out. But that's been a really fun series uh, while that's been going. So that's uh, Washington is up today over at Cheesehead. Very cool. Uh, I honestly don't really have a lot going uh, for a closing thought. Just keep staying healthy, keep staying safe out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always interacting with us on Twitter because you you're, always help us out in a bind when we, ha we don't have a, a – solidified topic for the day where we can reach out and see exactly what you guys want to hear about, which I think is kind of an important thing, which is why we like doing it. So thank you as always. Uh, that's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Steve Perach, and at Packaday Podcast. So again, um, thank you for that. We love having that interaction and uh, we'll catch you next week with uh, a dedicated episode, not a mailbag, but uh, it should be good for you guys. We'll catch you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go! 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.